Matt, what's going to win Best Picture? Me. Uh, <laughs> You're winning? Congrats. No, I think, well, what's going to win is Don't Look Up. What, oh, okay. What, uh, make a statement. Win. Yeah, and it's going to be, everyone's going to be mad, but I'm just preparing you for it now. This is my nightmare. Uh, so whatever you like, it, that's not going to win. That's one thing I okay. know for sure. Uh, Thank you. I think Dune would be my pick for at least for things that seem like they would actually be fun to watch. A movie which just last week you were like, Some, seems like it would be better if it was worse. It would be but better if it were worse, it. and it would be much better if it were a miniseries. <laughs> God. It should be longer, is what you're Matt's saying. Or, but or man who hates TV line. shows. You can just watch movies in two sittings if it's that hard for you. I do it's it. It's even harder it's, for me. It's I never been watch, hard for me. I cannot watch a movie in two sittings. It's impossible for me. I was helping a friend figure out where to put a uh, like a break in drive my car and i was like i mean at the 40 minute mark or so the credits come in so i guess you oh could pause God. after that but that still gives you two hours and 20 minutes of the movie i have a i have a um an idea that i don't know how to execute for people like me who would love to watch a movie in two sittings because movies are too damn long but like can't remember anything that like happened the day before <laughs> if it's not like you know constantly on your mind and movies don't tend to be how do we get like set checkpoints of some sort in films, some kind of database, and have the guy who did like the previously on edits or narration of some show that we like describe what has happened in the movie so far at that checkpoint. So then you can Matt, just reference it. Matt. Yes. You could just call me. <laughs> you could just call me. Welcome to the beginning and the end of the world. Who's ready to talk about the Jeffersons? <laughs> I don't know, that don't I know have how. <laughs> like, who is ready to figure out how to talk about the Jeffersons? Yeah. Well, who what's is the ready name of the podcast? Hey, let me fucking Jesus, Jesus. Okay. Who's ready to talk about the first show we watched that caused me to drop my phone and knock over my glass as I was watching it <laughs> in sheer surprise? Of course, all of these things will be covered and more coming up. On as you know, and it's because it was because you were shocked that that at the reveal that uh, that guy was supposed to be British. No, <laughs> <laughs> not in the least bit. Ah, uh, yes, it's as you know the podcast that is dedicated to making you hate television by covering the first and last episodes of television shows and completely just perusing or overlooking the rest. And really, the the second episode that we watch ninety percent of the time. I am Ian Benson. Fresh from Astoria, Queens. He's moving to the Upper East Side. It's Matt Ciani. Hey. Offended that his friends won't hire him as a maid. It's Travis Marmon. Hello. This week on the podcast, uh, Travis had us pick the Jeffersons. Actually, you know what we should address? Before we talk about somebody moving, we should address the continued absence of <sighs> Stephen Doughton. Get well soon. Yeah. Uh, if you uh, would like to play along, I know that you're hearing this after he would be. You would presume that he has been found, but you never can. You can never be certain. So he was supposed to be here yesterday, yeah. 
by current estimates, he is in the Orlando airport. Was he supposed to be in Ireland tomorrow? Yes. Or on his way there? Yes. Because he said, I'm you, in America Monday and Tuesday. <laughs> where do you think Stephen Doughton, our erstwhile co-host, is? And do you think he will be back in time for next week? I think he's still in Guatemala, and I think, no, he will not be back because he's going to remain in Guatemala. For those of you, I need to clarify, we have, this is not a bit. We do not make <laughs> jokes on this podcast. Stephen, earlier today, compared the situation he was in to the terminal yeah. and said that security wouldn't let him past a certain part and customs wouldn't let him past another part. So he so had a stuck, brief window. But because he started a fight with the customs okay. person or with the like with somebody he started a fight with them spirit manager it was with a, yeah it was with a guy from spirit airlines who then told him go through security with that and see what happens which steven said was vindictive advice because apparently so he is somewhere in the air at sea i don't believe he's in the air they have Last, launched him via trebuchet I mean, he is in the air solidly on land does the president know? Is he in a convoy? What is the convoy people are talking about? Don't tell me about the convoy, actually. Never mind. I'd like to take a complete 180 on what I just said. Also, like, is it really hard to get into the United States if you don't have a, a negative COVID test? I mean, he's yeah, going to you, Florida. Yeah, <laughs> you actually have to have a positive COVID test to get into Florida. <laughs> yeah. the issue he's running into. Anyway, he may have been captured by CIA agents or something. The Jeffersons. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Also See, that's about- gonna sound that's gonna sound like Matt edited a bunch <laughs> of stuff out, and you went right in the Jeffersons. But no, that's what he did in real life. Norman Lear, Travis Marmon, tell me why you picked the Jeffersons. I'm bringing a lot of NPR energy to this episode yeah. today, and I'm not sure. sure. Why. Well, we're Very talking about you know major issues. Yeah. Uh, so I picked the Jeffersons for a myriad reasons. One is I had been thinking about picking All in the Family. In, in general, because that is an iconic show of an era we really haven't touched since the 1970s. Besides the last Dark Shadows episode, the whole decade has yeah. been uh, pretty much off, as of most of the 80s, and this goes into the mid-80s. But I chose the Jeffersons overall in the family because uh, I think the only show we've done that has more than a couple black characters is The Wire. I believe and so. yeah. I'm sure some of that is like, for reasons you'll probably soon find out. It's like some of these issues are probably hard for this podcast of white guys to navigate in a way that is funny and interesting, which is different than like when we all watch shows that are majorly targeted toward women and have our own take on it. Like, and, but like this also was like a show that was a massive, massive hit. Yeah. Like an iconic show of its era that was watched by audiences of all demos that went for 11 seasons. So there's that. Yeah. And like, and sort of, as I was saying, long family, like Norman Lear is like one of the most important people in the history of television, or at least particularly television comedy. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the creation of the forum, it's hard pressed to come up with a more impactful person. How yeah. Many, at least in how comedy. many television producers and creators have a Kennedy center honor. <laughs> right. He's got that. He did all in the family, the most iconic sitcom in the 1970s. He did this show. He did mod. He did good times. He did One Day at a Time. He did the reboot of One Day at a Time that was on Netflix recently as popular. He's going to turn 100 years old if he makes it to the end of July. He's one of the good ladies. Yeah, like, and all these shows were transgressive and, like, but also had huge mainstream appeal. 
and like had people talk about issues that like hadn't really been touched on television before. So like all that plus the fact that we like we haven't really discussed a black led show besides The Wire and even The Wire has like a white audience surrogate almost uh right. at least in the uh form yeah. as much no, as an ensemble does. show can have led to me being like let's pick it I think it'll be fun. I thought it was pretty funny. Like it was funny, yeah. Uh, and also, we'd watched a bunch of long fucking shows, and I was like, "Let's do a short one." I, I got real, real laugh out loud moments, uh, and I realized that I had actually seen some of this show in the past. I, the moment I the moment I pressed play, it felt like I was suddenly watching. Like I was like, "Oh, I'm up a little too late, and I didn't turn off Nickelodeon." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I, or it that was sort of hanging vibe. out at my grandparents' house before yeah. my parents picked me up. So. Norman Lear, do you know what he owns? Owns. Can I get a category of thing? <laughs> Just any noun? That's what I've got to say. He owns it. Document. The Declaration um, of Independence. Yes, yeah. he owns a copy of the... Di- he owns a Dunlap broadside, which are the like original printed copies of the Declaration of Independence. He paid $8.9 million for it. <laughs> <laughs> he then toured it around the country in 2002. He took it, or sorry, he took, he took it to presidential libraries. There was a road trip. What? He took it to the Olympics, the Super Bowl, Live 8. <laughs> Norman Lear. What? At this point, also, so this is 2001. So at this point, everyone's like, I mean, he's 79 years old. You know, do what you want, Norman. How much more time you got? And he looked Turns him dead in the lot. eye and he's like, a lot. And he's like, I, I haven't heard from him in a while. I heard an interview with him you, oh, maybe you, four like, years Norman's ago. Ducking your calls. It, but I listened to an interview with him maybe like four years ago and he sounds very sharp. Yeah. And uh, by all, underst- calls, so. all of my understandings is still there and a just total sweetheart. <laughs> like everyone loves him. Uh, he, he, he last year it was announced that he's doing a revival of Who's the Boss. <laughs> <laughs> the boss is Norman Lear. <laughs> That's the answer. When do we ever he is have the boss. anything good to say about like showrunners and like the administrative side of television creation? Like I feel like it's always like, yeah, this guy made some good shit, but here's why he, they're evil, or like yeah. this person is notorious for being a piece of yeah. shit. <laughs> In 2007, uh, sorry, in 2017, uh, the Kennedy Centers had made Lear, along with Lionel Richiello, Cool J, Gloria Estefan, Carmen Levada, uh, the recipients of the Kennedy Center Honors. Um, President Trump and First Lady Melania Trump were scheduled to be seated with the honorees during the dinner, and then Norman Lear was like, I ain't fucking going. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they didn't, and then, uh, it was, yeah, he was like, I'm, bi- I'm boycotting the White House reception. And then the end, the president and the first lady did not attend. Norman Lear, 98 at that time, 94, whatever, principled man. You got to love him. It makes I'll, some hits. I'll maybe revise yeah, he's a my, dude for uh, sure. my uh, teen president only stance if we can elect <laughs> 99, him. If he makes it to 99 years old, Norman. make him the president. Make him God King. It's just funny that, like, because uh, uh, you mentioned uh, One Day at a Time, uh, and there was the 2017 r- remake with Rita Moreno, who is a person who I saw recently in the film West Side Story, and was like, oh, my God, Rita Moreno, is so, she's so small and old now. And, like, Rita Moreno is 90, and still Norman Lear is just like, yeah, if I stand next to her, I look... Like she looks, you know, just like oh, look at this, look at this vision of vitality. 
Being 99 is wild. Yeah. So, uh, of course... Also, uh, Sherman Hemsley came up uh, on our last podcast because he was in Screwed. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, it did, it did come up. There's a connection there. Yeah, the Screwed so, cast that we did uh, last week. The Jeffersons, of course, the spinoff of All in the Family that centers on the Jeffersons, a prosperous African-American couple who are able to move from Queens to Manhattan due to the success of George's dry cleaning chain and then the um, comedy of manners that comes from their position in this upscale apartment building. Do you know, though, where George Jefferson's money also comes from? Uh, I don't think that I do. Uh, the first season of All in the Family, the third episode, Oh My Aching Back, establishes George's career as a dry cleaner. Now, some might say from there, he made his money the old-fashioned way. Because his car got hit by a city bus and he signed oh, yes. a civil lawsuit <laughs> and got money from that and then was able to open a chain <laughs> of dry cleaners, which rules. It yeah. rules that he basically was Petty uh, Harrison in the big pants, or with like, I got <laughs> sewed into the big pants and I sued the city of New York. That's how I made my money. Like, what a way to do it. But yeah, so God, that's, that's dream. what it, the dream is being able to sue the city. Dude, uh, if I could sue the fucking city of Chicago, I would. That would be such a triumph. I saw a photo, uh, like uh, just some dumb meme on Twitter that was just like, it was a bunch of knights standing around the round table putting their sword on there, and they were all labeled the different cities. And it's like, what the fuck's wrong with our mayor? Was just like the uh, the center of it. <laughs> <laughs> and it just reminded me, uh, Matt, of you being like, but I mean, in Chicago, we extra hate our mayor. And I was like, you cannot claim this is the city's identity. It's Dude, 15% approval. 86% disapproval guys, is the That's more great. Important part. Everyone hates their mayors. Everyone hates no their one mayor, hates them at that level. But, oh, look Jesus. At only look in at Chicago, stats. baby. No, not only. Not only. <laughs> The degree of hate, I've lived other places, and I know people who live in other places. I don't think you understand the, the degree of loathing. Oh, no, I do, because unfortunately I follow so many Chicago people on Twitter, and you all need to, you all need to <laughs> like, despite the fact that I have muted the phrases Lori Lightfoot, Lori and Lightfoot, I'm still seeing stuff. Right, so That's that how should much. tell you something. I don't know the name God. of Columbus's mayor. Yeah, because we're respect because we, we respect the rest of you in our timelines. People in Chicago tweet about hating their mayors, and people in New York tweet about the weather. And I'm like, we fucking get it, guys. So I think you're proving my point here, Sherman Hemsley. Yeah, also an interesting dude. What's yeah? What's there to know about Sherman Hemsley? He was very private. Um, he for a person who was on a television show that ran for eleven seasons previously on a different television show, a reoccurring character on other prominent television shows. This is a sparse Wikipedia page. Good for yeah, him. Because yeah, because he, he was totally private outside of the shows. Uh, he never married. He didn't have children. He moved to El Paso for some reason. Dude. And then uh, his, wi- this, his estate went to king. like some random woman he was friends with. Time out, Travis. I want to... One, this sounds like the fucking dream. Two... Yeah. <laughs> This is the start of, like, every Victorian novel. It's just like, some random person died and left me their estate, and now I'm well-to-do for life? Uh, yeah. I watched, portrait, I watched Portrait of a Lady earlier today. Um, but, uh, oh, I know why Travis finds them interesting. We're going to talk about that in a sec, actually, now that I'm just gl- glancing over the page. The, uh, very little details, but there's one that clearly stands out to me. for. I can't even think of what I would have noticed, but also, and I looked at this Wikipedia page the other day. Uh, just the fact that you were like, he was intensely private. He moved to El Paso for some reason. That's what you do when you're intensely private. He went to hang out yeah, with dude, Cork if McCarthy. If I came into some money, catch me in El Paso. 
Like, 100%. Uh, I love to read McCarthy novels and be like, I want to live in this world. Yeah. Uh, the headings. Uh, yeah, Sherman Hemsley's page. You got early life from South Philadelphia, served in the Air Force. Worked for the United States Postal Service. Stay, uh, career, stage, worked with Norman Lear, 80s, 90s, 2000s. Music career, personal mm. life, death. Music oh, career. I know what stamp, <laughs> yes. What part Music you're going career. to highlight that I saw. Music Is- career, you say? And you're like, yeah, yeah, it was a jazz keyboardist, released a single called Ain't That a Kick in the Head. Uh, 1992, he had an album called Dance, an album of rhythm and blues music. He appeared on Soul Train around Hell yeah. the time of the record's release, uh, performed the song Eyes in the Dark. Uh, Hemsley was an enthusiastic fan of 1970s progressive rock bands, including Yes, Gentle Giant, Gong, and Nectar. Anyways, on to the next huh. sentence. Wait, I what? would <laughs> love to listen to Gentle Giant with Sherman Hemsley so much. How fucking sick would that be? You go to the Gentle Giant show. They're You're like, sure, dude, oh shit, you have Acquiring Jefferson. the Taste on vinyl? That's the worst album cover of all time, but it's, I love that this is record. That is absolutely uh, the worst album cover of all time. Okay, right, this is it's Gentle unreal. Giant. Dude, yeah, Google Gentle Giant Acquiring yeah, I'm, the I'm Taste. I'm on it, I'm on it, I'm fucking on it right now, guys. Acquiring the Taste? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Looking at that and being like, yeah, this is just like a wacky prog record with guys doing like crazy vocal harmonies and <laughs> like yeah. everyone switches into stuff. It's like, is it? It is. Gong is also a wild band. Um, everyone to find at out home and actors into everyone at home. Uh, you know, go go Google um, acquiring the taste. But it's their best album, or at least it's tied with Octopus. I can't believe that this isn't like some weird. This is like a pretty. Str- hey, where's Yes on the hundred greatest? Ninety-four. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta fact check him. It's <laughs> 94. He's got it in one. Yeah. Gentle Giant left off. So uh, just uh, Travis. Uh, who's 13? Queen. Okay. Well, listen, there, there's our check in for the week. Uh, I think it's sick that um, this guy was able to be private without privacy being the thing that he is like known for. Because I've I've been reading a lot about Thomas Pinchon lately, uh, as I want to do. I, it's, yeah. it's happened many times, but like, just like the way that his Wikipedia page for some reason always like every third sentence sentence has to be like, but did you know that Thomas Ruggles Pinchon is actually very private? Like, I'm sorry. The what, what, way, what's his middle name? Ruggles. Not joking. That's why he's private. Scoop, scoop, yum, yum, baby. <laughs> Ruggles Pinch on Premium. That's right. Uh, this guy like did the dream, which is like be private without anybody really remarking on it. That's why you moved to El Paso, Travis. Uh, Isabel Sanford. Mm-hmm. Also mostly, you know, yeah. The, the thing is, is like how rich do you think you get when you are on? Once, you're en- like, once you enter the Learverse. And you're on one, but it's like a 70s and 80s show for like... They're, they're like I have no idea what the rights are like. People on syndicated sitcoms made a lot, I think, yeah. in general. But I'm not I sure. I mean, just like 11 seasons of anything, I feel like you're doing pretty well. Yeah, and like I don't know, you'd have to adjust. Like I remember the f- I remember Friends that they had like insane salaries per episode, a million dollars an episode story. or whatever. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah, that's. Yeah, and that's what. Well, that- that's kind of where I was like. What was it like in the time before when you could negotiate the insane, insane uh, salaries like they were doing? 
and now it's kind of back down where it's like you have some character, you some actors who are like, yeah, I'm getting a lot of money to be on this HBO show. Reese, Nicole, other people like that, mm-hmm. uh, and then you have ones where it's like, oh no, I'm not, I'm not even able to pay off like the debt from acting school. Uh, the world is extremely cool. Uh, feels like everyone on the Jeffersons would go on to appear also in, um, in like a cameo in uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. So should we get into these episodes? I see no reason not to. I don't. Sure. Let's get into this this pilot that was uh, backdoored a week before on All in the Family, wow. and then they were like, "Boom! Check out this new show next week." Damn. Was it? Uh, well, I w- was it even backdoored? I thought it was just literally. It's like they moved out. They move. Like, they move out, and it's like, yeah, they're yeah. off on their own adventure. And then they're like, by the way, next week, start watching The Jeffersons. Find like, out that adventure. It's already in the can, dude. Uh, Do you think like there oh, were yeah. people who were like, oh my god, like they didn't know? Probably. Dude, I would be fucking amped if a show that I liked that was airing did this, and I didn't know that it was coming. If I hadn't read some fucking rumor like Jeffersons to be announced, like oh, what's the Jeffersons? If they just like sprung it on me, I would be amped if I liked the show already. Bring this back. This is cool. That would be cool. Like I, I mean, that was the thing. It, it, the anniversary of it came up recently, so a bunch of people were joking about it. Uh, but the, um, oh god, I've already forgot what the the last Cloverfield was called. Par- Cloverfield Paradox. Yes, where it was like, oh, they're gonna do another Cloverfield movie at some point, and then mid the Super Bowl, it's like, hey, here's a trailer. It's streaming after the game on Netflix. And it's like, oh, oh my damn. god, I missed that. Wow, those are always well, good. But, I like all of those. But movies. the but the thing is, is that nobody actually. Then everyone watched the movie, and then well, not everyone. They were like, some people watched the movie and were like, oh. Okay, Not that good. and then Damn. yeah, f- immediately forgot it. So that's that's yeah. always the the weird space with this is like, you can get that buzz or you can just completely, completely belly flop. Yeah, yeah. But I do like it. I like it a lot better than like the Disney thing that they do now in both their Star Wars shows and in, in Marvel movies, where it's like here's a teaser for a thing a year from now, so you can build up hype for it. I would like it a lot. You more know who's the like, worst? Next week this shit's out. You know who's the worst for that? It would be the story of Michael Morbius because that tra- there have been more. There have been <laughs> so many it, Morbius again. trailers. <laughs> it just keeps happening. They keep putting out new trailers for Morbius when they I also are announcing. For plasma. Bring me Morbius. <laughs> they're also announcing that they're pushing Morbius back. So there's like it's this thing where it's like House of Gucci oh. Morbius Jared Leto double feature. Have you seen House of Gucci? I no. I will. I had not seen Paolo. his I will only watch it if the, I get to go uh, see Morbius after. Paolo, Paolo, Paolo. <laughs> Everybody said, but nobody ever told Paolo he's a genius. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. Oh, look at you. you I hadn't seen how he looked in that film Paolo, Paolo. until yesterday. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he looks man. amazing. I, he's amazing. He's the best part of that movie. Whoever, Again, whoever it was who said he is simultaneously Wario and Waluigi was absolutely correct. <laughs> <laughs> he's both of them in that movie. But truly, there's just, he's like, cry oh paolo 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 it's like you're just saying your name like you're a pokemon <laughs> paolo paolo <laughs> it's some bold choices in that italian film. people do that in my experience <laughs> i watched a fellini film like the day before i watched it and my letterbox review was watching this was thinking wow that's the most italian person i've ever seen for 90 minutes straight yeah and then i watched house of gucci and i thought about making my review watching this was going wow that's the least italian person i've <laughs> ever seen for two hours and 30 minutes straight yeah i mean you got lady gaga 
and Pacino. Oh, look, oh, Gucci, a prestigious house. <laughs> There's a part where he basically does the like, she got a great ass, which is great. So the Je- the Jeffersons, yeah. uh, you know, we'll get into it. But yeah, so they, they were like, oh, it evolved into a more traditional sitcom. Which is weird because I would say it was pretty clearly a traditional sitcom from the get go. This this is what a non traditional sitcom looked like, I guess. Yeah. In this era, it was non traditional because it was about black people with money. Like that yeah. is that is what was non traditional. It focused yeah. on serious issues including alcoholism, racism, suicide, gun control, being transgender, KKK, and adult literacy. I would I have love slash immensely fear what the transgender episode of the Jeffersons is like. I would not get anywhere near watching that. Uh, that sounds. Uh, listen, maybe it'd be very deft. Maybe. I, 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 right, I think I for Dara, it probably is like it's probably insanely progressive for then, but it's sort of like I bet it's that, like yeah. listening pro- to Lola now or whatever, where it's like, I mean, your heart yeah, was like, in the right place. I, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I bet it's. Great. I will bet my life on the fact that it is more progressive than the Danish Girl. <laughs> oh which yeah, won you know Oscars like seven years ago. Yes. So do we just want to talk about Joe? I don't know how to li- I feel like I feel like plot beats for this aren't really like that pertinent, but like we we yeah. could we could go over the basics of what happens, but like talking about, you know, what Especially Joe this where. one's basically just a plot this episode, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Where we and we're introduced through instead of just like wow, here's your favorite character from All in the Family walking on screen now in his new apartment. It's we're introduced through a maid who has been sent by, I think the serve, whatever maid service to work for them and assumes that she's going to be working for a white family and talks to them, assuming that they also work for this family. Yeah. It was also the thing where I was like, this is okay. Is this an upstairs downstairs start open? No, this is that's, I recognize her. She is Mrs. Jefferson. She is, um, right. Well, and actually, the first uh, other before we meet the Jeffersons, we also meet their neighbor first. The the man uh, whose head is shaped with, like a foot. He has acromegaly. Okay, <laughs> it's true. I had to look that up. I was like, oh, that makes sense. When yes. I first saw him, I thought to myself, "That's the rest of the episode." <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, oh, this guy has a condition. And then I was like, maybe we'll move on. Oh, yes. oh, so there's the line for Travis. Yeah. People can't no control joke. what their faces look like anyways. You still have to be looking at this guy and his fucking... Yeah, but this one leads to health problems. Anyway, the bigger issue is that he's allegedly supposed to be British. Uh, I, yeah. I see no no. no I, I see no problems. No idea. I have no problems with this. With him allegedly being British. It's better than him being actually British, for sure. Fucking sick, disgusting people. That's true. Think of the grand tradition of British actors being like, I am an American actor. I am Dr. Gregory House. <laughs> and here it's like, what if this guy just said splendid or whatever? And what if this guy made, talked, didn't hide his accent at all? What if this guy talked like Ian Benson after two martinis? Yeah. <laughs> Paul Benedict. He was also the number painter on Sesame Street. Mm-hmm. Huh. He was a Zen Buddhist in uh, the film Cold Turkey. Wow. Which was co-written by Norman Lear. Okay, so that's how he gets in uh, Wait, what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. See the hilarious battle of the butt. <laughs> huh? It's about um, the, what happens when an evil tobacco company offers 250, or tw- sorry, $25 million to an entire town to stop smoking for 30 days? What happens when 4,000 
heavy smokers from Eagle Rock, Iowa, take up the challenge. This is a Dick Van Dyke movie. Huh. Interesting. But yeah, so we meet uh, Harry Bentley as their neighbor. And he's all like, smashing, chopping. Oh, cho- oh it's great. It's Oh, it's me. Yeah. He doesn't go that Hello. far. <laughs> he doesn't even go yeah, that he far. doesn't even do that. Uh, like, and then... There's no... There's no hint of him being British. But then, whatever. We finally meet the Jeffersons, and uh, much to this made surprise, they live in this apartment because, as we've had, they have money from dry cleaning slash uh, civil lawsuits. <laughs> well, he took the civil lawsuit money and he put it into dry cleaning. Into the dry yeah. Which is good. They've got that dang dry cleaning money that puts you in a Manhattan high-rise. That's right. A deluxe apartment in the sky, as they say. Well, in, I mean, in it's, you know, I mean, song. it's... It's 70s New York. Right. This is like, this is grimy New York, right? When is New York not grimy New York? But this is like, uh, whatever, this is Death Wish New York, Taxi Driver New York era. Uh, But probably not not on the east side. I would love love a sitcom where just in the background all the time, there was like the grimy 70s New York is happening like that. Yeah, just porno (laughs) theaters are just in in their uh, view from their apartment. Uh, yeah, yeah, where you were like, oh, you could go see a porn theater at Times Square. And now, as a professor once told Travis, I believe, and others, if someone offers you drugs <laughs> in Times Square, don't accept. Those guys are cops. Probably Sound true. advice. Yeah, so uh, this is where, you know, you see George, and uh, he's got, like, the three-piece suit on. He's got the he's got the great receding hairline afro. Yeah. He was, like, 37, and he's it, playing, like, 50. A 37-year-old? Well, they have an adult son. They do. Yeah. Okay. So they have the adult son when he was 18? I guess they could have, but I don't that know. No, that would still not work. Yeah. Oh, my God. Some of the shiniest jackets I've ever seen in my life. I'm kind of bummed that uh, we've learned that uh, Sherman Hemsley was intensely private because I feel like we should actually have, like, and I guess he's from Philly, so we should have, like, 30 years of photos of him screaming on the sidelines at uh, courtside at Sixers games because he just has the look yes. that yeah. screams 70s ABA to me. I was, he's got the Nate Thurman uh, Yeah, he's hat. got. that's exactly what it is. He's got the <laughs> Nate Thurman hair. That is truly why my brain Folks is Folks like, at home who don't uh, know basketball history, Google Nate Thurman and get a look at a true bald king who is also an extremely ripped king. The best. A really powerful combo of the deeply receding hairline and also that dude could, like, throw a mountain. Shout <laughs> <laughs> out man. Uh, Bowling Green University. It's weird that the Cavs retired his number. He only played there two years. But anyway. He was from Ohio. It's yeah, no, it's, and also, you know, you, when, you're, when franchises are new, they just do that sort of stuff. Yeah. All right. But enough about, about, enough about Warriors great Nate Thurmond. Um, hey, we could take him, too, for the Cavs. Yeah. This is a this is quite a type of receding hairline. Yes. Do you, do you think we should do it? I would have to. We should all. I would <laughs> have to get that zoom my way into that type. I don't think white people hairline. can pull off this type of look. Unbelievable. Anyway, Sherman Hemsley also has the hairline, and we get to learn George and Louise's dynamic, which is him largely being belligerent and her not putting up with it. Uh, Every line for her. in the first episode is a zinger from her. It rules. Oh yeah. She's so also good. the laugh track, and by laugh track, I mean this is clearly a live audience is insane on this one. Yeah, they are 
having a great time. Yeah, they're slapping their knees. Yeah. Dude, I, that's the thing is like laugh tracks uh, in front of a live studio audience that is fucking horned up for what's yeah. happening in front of them. Incredible. This is a turnt audience. They're every line, especially the very last one of the episode. Uh, I mean, it helps that it is a spinoff. So they were already like, these are our favorites. We already love these characters. That that adds to it. So whatever we get their interactions, uh, they and their a plot and maybe only plot of this episode really. Yes, is only plot that they are trying to hire a maid and they don't want to hire this maid that 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 they've been talking to because Louise considers her a friend of hers, although she's you know such a close friend that she didn't know she lived in the apartment where yeah, she was taking her to and I, yeah didn't know their last name. Kind of, uh, yeah, a little confusing. I I'm not sure where she met her as well. But okay. Maybe it's a new fr- maybe maybe it's a new friend and she's like, "Yeah, we're going to we're going to be good friends. I can't hire this person that's going to fundamentally change the relationship." And then we also meet the interracial couple that they're friends with that live uh down the chairs. Uh Tom and Helen, who are played by Franklin Cover or Cover and Roxy Roker, uh who notably is Lenny Kravitz's mother and was asked um when she was being cast, they were like, "How would you would you feel comfortable like portraying someone in an interracial relationship and she just pulled up a picture of Cy Kravitz. (laughs) (laughs) I did not realize the extent of the fame that runs through Zoe Kravitz's blood. Yeah. I did not realize that her... I didn't realize uh, that Roxy Roker was... uh, I also didn't realize that Lenny Kravitz is like second cousins once removed of... Al Roker, as I'm now learning. I was wondering if she's related wow. to him, too. I didn't see that part. Uh, Weather like, Anchor no. Al Roker and Rocky Ro- Roker were second cousins once removed. Sorry, second cousins once removed there. Damn. So, a distant relation, but... One day we'll do the Today Show. <laughs> Just like how <laughs> we talked about doing Countdown with Keith Olbermann. Depraved <laughs> options only. Remember when Al Roker... Never, never forget when he tweeted, I'll drop you like a bag of dirt. <laughs> I was... I will say... I, so... Uh, for watching the, uh, like watching this show that, you know, firmly long time ago for me, you know, this was 75. So, you know, a nearly 50 year old television program. I was like, Oh, you know what? Honestly aged better than some of the things that we've watched from the nineties. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, the, obviously, the major thing about this interracial relationship is I believe this was the first of its kind on television. Like, we're also not that far off uh, from, like, anti-miscegenation laws existing in much of the United States uh, uh, at the time first, this comes out. The first interracial kiss on television happened in an episode of I Love Lucy. So Between Lucy and Desi Arnaz? Yeah. Okay. This seems like a thornier issue than what I was prepared to. A lot step of it into. goes into how you define race and things yes. like that, and that's going to be a whole yes. thing. But like, this is uh-huh. one of those prominent whatever interracial couples on TV, uh, which now Arnez today is considered regular. by some to be a white male of Cuban ancestry, and I am just going to back out <laughs> and say, no one hmm. needs to hear my, my me try and fumble my way through this, and I recognize that and and i'm moving away this this. is i'm gonna go with almost certainly the first black and white interracial couple on i i'm gonna i'm going to rephrase that and say it is certainly a landmark couple on television yeah you know we don't know if it's first and that they're major characters yes because they it's not a one-off thing it is key characters at one point she says honky and then he says 
And then, then the N word is used, and that's when I dropped my phone and knocked over my glass. It's pretty I was jarring. So I had, startled. I had and a feeling all, that was coming because I yes. was, you know, reading it was like, yeah, this is a show where like that the word would yeah. be said, but the way it's said uh, is wherever uh, George George is the one who says it because he's, you know, says you guys never argue because you know if you did. He would call you that. <laughs> and but, well, it's then used later because she's like, I mean, the word honky comes into my mind, but yet you've never called me this. And that was the one where I was like, what? That's the part that maybe aged the worst, but I get in 1975 more. It reminded but, me, Because, like, when's the last time you heard someone say honky in your life? Uh, Have you ever heard was, someone say it? Written? I wish. I wish. In real life. No. I deserve I deserve it for sure. My Wes Anderson but it's ass. Just like, my Wes Anderson so ass should be called honky all the time. Yeah, that's fine. It should be silly. Uh, I mean, somebody said earlier today on Twitter, it's like, why are people so obsessed with arguing about being able to say slurs when the word but is right there and it's perfect? That's true. Oh, uh, what is the uh, what is the actual thing in like the Fox Chiron that's just the like debate, which is worse, N-word or... Or cracker. Yeah. Cracker. Okay, and there we go. And then there's the classic bit of like, I think it's the one that you're not spilling up. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, that's <laughs> obvious. But I was just thinking of that in that moment, too. It's like, they're not saying one of them. Yeah. But here it's like, boom. Like, you're getting hit with that. And it's like, obviously, again, very transgressive at the time. And then the conversation they have afterward is the part that's mostly like, you know, I get the what they're saying when they're like, all sorts of crazy stuff probably crosses your mind when you're arguing with me. But what matters is that, like, we love each other and that we don't say these things. But it's like... You know, I probably wouldn't tell my black wife that I thought of calling her the N-word at any point in my life. <laughs> That's a If that happened, if I thought that, it would go to my grave. <laughs> but not admit that. Yeah, that's but it word. was 1975, you know. It's a product of a different generation. Yeah, it's just like, whoo, whoo, I don't know. Yeah, like it's like, it, it was just so not what I expected. Because, yeah, as you said, you had read that that was going to happen, all this stuff. And I was like, I... No, 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 hadn't read. Not, nope. Was right. blindsided. Now, on a network sitcom, I certainly can't think of any other time that word has been used. It's like, can you even say it on network television anymore? I bet they said it in NYPD Blue now that I think about Absolutely. it. Probably. <laughs> Absolutely. But even that show ended, you know, close to 20 years ago now. <laughs> Like, we're gonna show we're gonna show Sibowitz's bare ass and he's gonna say the N word. The executives are like, fine, okay, I guess so. It also reminded me of that uh isn't there like an old SNL sketch that's like Richard Pryor and Chevy Chase going back and forth yes. uh saying uh racial slurs at each other. That's what I think of every and Chevy time. Chevy Chase I hear says the, the N word. Right. Yep, right. Yeah. He goes honky, yeah. Chevy Chase says the N word, and then Richard Pryor says dead honky. I'd forgotten about that completely. But yeah, that is what I think of when I hear the word honky. You're right. I was just like, I, I didn't place what it was, but it is his inflection of it. Yep. Honky. Yeah. It's just a really 70s ass word. Like, I think that's why you don't hear it anymore. Yeah, I, I like see the type of suit that the sayer would be wearing whenever I hear it. <laughs> so that's what one happens. Uh, yeah, I mean... Yeah, not much happens other than they have consternation over what made to hire. We do meet their son, uh, who got recast later by a guy with the same last name who's not related to him, which is interesting. Uh, do you know? Uh, do you know the occasion where uh, bro- a brother got recast to play the character? I can think of one immediately where the brother gets recast. 
Or where they where they where their main character gets recast by his brother. Oh. Is there a Sheen Estevez deal no, somewhere no, with that? No. This is this happens in between, I believe, the pilot and the first episode. I have no idea what show. It's adventure time. Oh yeah, because the kid got too old and yeah, because the kid because the, right. like in the time it took between the the original short and slash pilot or whatever and the rest of the series, the kid had aged out of the voice. Yeah, so like I have I don't know. You got a brother, which is <laughs> brutal. Sounds kind of like me. Yeah, tough for whichever Shasta. Um, Sh- uh, Shada, 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 Jeremy Shada. Zach uh, is the brother. Zach, Zach Shada. Uh, Whatever the you know the big thing is, they hire this one maid that comes to the service. Who George is like, yep, sounds great. Like she can clap around here. Insults his wife several times while dealing with that, and is like, you're hired. And then the other maid, uh, who they weren't going to hire because she's Louise's friend, gets mad because she was like, if you're like, I'm glad I'm not close friends with anyone else that <laughs> yeah, yeah, that could hire uh, me. Uh, classic tough position to be in, I guess. Yeah. How? Uh, yeah. They're like, oh, I'm glad. Glad I don't, you know, not everyone's as friendly as you because then my kids wouldn't be able to eat. And you're like, oh. Yeah. So the, you know, they finally do hire the original maid or the maid. Sorry, they hired the maid that was given to the the service. Yeah. I got I'm like, which one did they hire? Uh, The close friend. Yeah, they hired their friend. They hired their close friend. And the one that was sent by the service looks around and she was like, you guys live here? And you're the maid for them, and and like shows she's the interracial couple, and she's like, and you guys live here too. And then she says, "We overcame, and nobody told me." And then there's the biggest laugh laugh track I've ever. Everyone laughs. The actors laugh. Everyone goes wild. There are several times this episode where like you, the actors have to pause for laughter uh, because like it keeps going longer than the beat they were planning on, and that's always that's like a nice thing about. Uh, live audience sitcoms, like I generally don't have much tolerance for that kind of thing anymore. But like, it adds to sort of a, it's a certain vibe. So Travis, does that mean you're gonna watch live in front of a studio audience? Is that a movie or a show? It was a series of live television specials that were broadcast in 2019, conceptualized and hosted by Jimmy Kimmel. They were all-star casts doing a live recreation of sitcom episodes that originally Including aired. this one, right? Including this one. Yeah. They did this episode. Huh. Here is the cast for the Jeffersons. You're sitting there. You're thinking to yourself, I need a George Jefferson. It's 2019. Clearly, I'm getting Jamie Foxx. <laughs> sure. Now, I need somebody to tell Jamie Foxx he's in line. It's his wife. Who is he going to be married to? Wanda Sykes. Huh. Carrie Washington is also in it okay. as Helen. She's married. You know, you got the interracial couple. Who's that going to be? Sorry. Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, Harry Bentley is uh, the, uh, it was the neighbor, right? With Yeah. With dragatism. Yes. Thank you. Tobo himself coming up. Coming Stephen up the Tobolowski plate. playing this guy? That's <laughs> yeah. They were like, well, don't play it. I bet they were in like, maybe he does play it British. But I love the idea of them being like, just play it like you always do. <laughs> play it like a Stephen Tobolowski character. Play it like you did yeah. on Californication. They also did All in the Family. 
Good times. The facts of life. Different strokes. The say, good, were they just doing Norman Lear sitcoms? Yeah, it was all Norman Lear stuff. The All in the Family cast is fucking buck wild. Woody Harrelson as Archie Bunker. What? Marissa Tomei as Edith the Bunker. Wow. <laughs> Edith very Bunker's con- not supposed to be hot, right? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, very confusing to be like, oh, man, they made Alan May hot. Wait, they made Edith Bunker hot, <laughs> too, now? Uh, Ellie Kemper is uh, the daughter, wow. Gloria. Ike Barinholtz is uh, Mike Meathold. Anthony Anderson That's plays the Henry Robert, Jefferson. That's the Rob Reiner character yes. in the original, right? And then, because uh, they did, I guess, a few episodes of All in the Family. You also have Sean Hayes and uh, Jesse Eisenberg and uh, Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Just Sure. Kevin Bacon playing a character, Pinky Peterson. Sure. Can't wait to do Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon and say, well, so Kevin Bacon and Anthony Anderson were both in live in front of a studio <laughs> audience. Uh so I want to do. I'm gonna. I'm gonna step on uh, what's usually Ian's toes on the Go was Henry it. Rollins in the show report. Um, you know, I actually didn't check if Henry Rollins was ever in the show. I I'm 100 percent certain that he was not, but I felt I had to mention it because The Jeffersons is one of the shows that's mentioned in TV Party by Black Flag. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. So no, but enjoy that fact instead. Along with, uh, from what I recall, Dallas and. Two shows that are still on, which are Monday Night Football and Saturday Night Live. So the Jeffersons ran 11 seasons. It was very popular, despite constantly shifting its time slot. I think this had happened like five times. Were they like trying to make it less popular? They were like, this is this has dangerous ideas. I feel like maybe. I think them over. Yes, I think CBS actively was doing that. um, But also, they also just canceled the show with no warning. Yeah. The other thing, though, is that the grand tradition of television seems to be somebody creates a show, it's a hit. Somebody at the network then leaves the show or leaves and somebody else comes in in the network and is like, fuck that guy's previous stuff. Right. And then spends all of their time destroying it. The point is not making money. The point is my ego. Exactly. Yeah. So the Jeffersons was abruptly canceled uh, after they filmed the episode we're about to discuss and Sherman Hemsley allegedly found out uh, while reading a newspaper. I mean, he's intensely private. Yeah, like I thought they'd like got told on set after they filmed or something, and it was like no, it was like he was having his morning coffee or whatever. Uh, <laughs> and he was like, and I mean, like, that, Jefferson's that canceled after And then he was like, "Shit, I gotta start finale. doing, I gotta start doing movies in Bulgaria. I just bought a house, <laughs> you know. Like my show just got canceled. I'm gonna be doing all these pieces of shit, shaving my head, playing a hitman or whatever. He'd be a great forty-seven. Uh, uh, that is, of course." Our weekly check-in, our weekly reference to the Hitman franchise, but also uh, our reference to the film franchise. Yeah, the film franchise in this case. Uh, Matt, that was what uh, Timothy Oliphant was. That's why he wound up being in all of these terrible movies is because Deadwood got canceled and he had just bought a house. So he's like, fuck, I'll do anything and started taking a bunch of of terrible, uh, you know, scripts. We're like, yeah, sure. I need the money. Did you hear? My show just got canceled. Yeah, I would. I think there's a uh, there's just a great joy in being in a bunch of shitty movies. I think more actors should do it. Uh, so you love Bruce Willis? I do. How could you not? So love actually, Bruce Willis? Uh, apparently the rumor is that he's got early onset dementia, and it's very sad. Oh, that's horrible. Bruce Willis? Yeah, this was this has been. It is completely unfounded, but has been floating around various parts of like film Twitter, which is because mm. it was talking about how he was in like nine movies last year, and it's like actually that has to do with a decent amount of it. 
is it's like like the he's movies, trying to be in as many as possible. Before well, it's the move. It's the movies where he can get like a million dollars to appear for one day of work. Uh, okay, I was really hoping it was just like he keeps forgetting that he's double booked. <laughs> <laughs> well, much no. love to Bruce, one of the greatest. Uh, and it's I don't know if this is true. Yeah. Regardless, love to love to Bruce Willis as always. Yeah. So this um, finale one is, day we'll do this, this finale is simply an episode of the Jeffersons. Yes, it is called Red Robins, and it is a Yum. conventional sitcom episode that was pretty good, where George, uh, who is in the running for Dry Cleaner of the Year or something. With, what's the uh, guy's name? Cap Stanlin? Cap- yeah, no, that's the guy who's deciding. Name. Cap Stanlin. Yeah, he's in the running with a woman somewhere uh, as his opponent or whatever. Some like, sweet old woman who yeah. uh, gives back to the community. Something yep. he refuses to do. But yeah, he... Needs to increase his community service uh, stuff, so he takes over as nest mother of a knockoff Girl Scout troop called the Red Robins that his niece is in. No, I his thought niece it was or his granddaughter. I thought it was his granddaughter. Yeah, I granddaughter. Is it Li- Is it Lionel's daughter? Uh, his relationship with Jenny, who is the daughter of Tom and Helen, because TV shows have to be like that. So they marry and have oh, a daughter, Jessica. But during the final season, Lionel and Jenny announce they're getting a divorce. Wow. Because Lionel was working in Japan? Sure. Sure, why not? Good for him, I guess. Or in bad. Unclear. Uh, also, divorce. Uh, so I watched these episodes on, like, Friday. Um, so I'm a little hazy. Can you guys tell me why one of my notes is, remember when a double date to a porno was somewhat acceptable? I watched these episodes last night, and I'm hazy. <laughs> that and I'm has just to like, be a joke. Says, Cap says, uh, "We gotta. We. Uh, I'm going to one of those porno theaters at Times Square. Why don't you come with me? You and you and the misses. <laughs> ah, the ho- yeah, the the horrible guy that I wished was played by John Candy. He yeah, he looks. Yeah, for a second uh, I was like, "Is this a guy I should know?" I, and I was like, "It's not yeah. a guy I should know." He looked. He Time looked like John Candy. One, one of those dudes in that camp. Like I didn't think John Candy specifically, but I was like, he he has this nebulous that guy quality. But I had I thought of it uh, very much like, as a get me a John Candy, and yeah. the producer being like, we've got John Candy at home, and then yeah. that guy showed up, and they're like, that's all we need. He was fine. But if it, if he they'd known it had scene. been if they'd known it had been the finale, they would have gotten John Candy. He's in two scenes. Mm. Yeah, he comes back at the end to be like, you didn't win. Anyway, George is like, I'll be the like, like the thing with both these is like, there's not really a B plot to either of them. Like they're I very like it. keep it linear. Um, yeah, it's like you only got 22 minutes to fill anyway. So he's like, yeah, I'll be, I'll take over as nest mother from Louise. How hard can it be? And there's a very good smash Sm- cut to him <laughs> sitting in a chair as children are running around screaming, tying string around him i really appreciated and enjoyed how awful these children are this was great awful children. these, these <laughs> this, this group of little hustlers out here just the like where's one of them oh he's eating uh or she's eating a soap another is working on her the uh primitive art very or, funny yeah her primitive art badge by drawing in the closet the one who can't stop uh uh doing flash dance is a very specific type of kid Kids. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that uh, I instantly recognize. Um, yeah, all were these you a little children. Are, kid? No, but like we all knew the kid who just would yeah. sing some song over and over again or reference some movie over and over again. So this is what he's got to work with. The Red Robins they sell candy uh, instead the of candy sucks. To do, and the candy apparently is awful. 
which is hard to believe. Bad candy, like yeah, hard to come it's by. Rare. Candy, it's good. I recommend candy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Second did Travis. What's your favorite candy? Reese's peanut butter cups. Matt, what's your favorite candy? Uh, depends on the day. I think widely available candy. Reese's nut rageous. Uh, for me, widely available. It's the take five. Yeah, take take five. We're is all Reese's people take here. Five <laughs> I guess they're Rangers all Reese's people. Now, in the vacuum, I've been considering getting the big Toblerone to celebrate my thirtieth birthday. <laughs> so I think that speaks for itself. Ton <laughs> of your Swedish roots, sort of. Yeah, yeah. Or or I think it's Swiss, but yeah, no. I just, I just like Toblerone, and I like the idea of it's like. You know, it's just like, so what did Ian do for his 30th? And then there's just a photo of me with the big, like, yeah. the five-pound Toblerone. My absolute, like, sicko thing is that I love marzipan as candy. Ah, that's uh, Wow. So that's that would be, like, <laughs> if I could go broader than uh, something you could get at a gas station, marzipan might be my Could you imagine, candy. though? That feels very European. You just walk yeah. into the, like, ah, oh, I brought you some candy in the gas station. You hand like a marzipan, the <laughs> like a super fancy sparkly yeah. candy. Oh, I've also got some sugared almonds. <laughs> That's fucked up. Anyway, uh, oh, this gas the- station only had <laughs> Turkish delight, Jordan almonds, and marzipan. <laughs> My family smelled uh, like patchouli. We had a family friend who lived in Pennsylvania, and so therefore, I think was close to like Hershey's. Um, and she got us for Christmas one year a five pound Hershey bar. Hell yeah! Wow. How quick did you eat it, Travis? <laughs> I mean, we all took our time, and I think also gave some to other people or whatever. It was so massive. It took us like a week to get through. Anyway, I have such a sweet tooth that I would be willing to try the Red Robin's candy. That's allegedly. I'd horrible. probably like but it. It's you know it's probably just maybe that it's, it's dark chocolate. European. Maybe it's yeah. just dark chocolate. <laughs> people in the like seven, it. people in the in 1985, I guess at this point, uh, you know, we weren't there culinarily yet. Well, the, it, all know. of the food was probably it's like it's all very sweet, probably. <laughs> and so they're so like, like this having anything remotely better? They're like, what? yeah, they're like, oh my god, this tastes like dirt. And we're like, oh, this is a uh, what is this like sixty uh, percent? Yeah, <laughs> that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, so the Red Robins, their job is to try and sell as many of these as they can to the tenants of the high-rise, and they fail. Uh, and George uh, admonishes Shames them, tries to give them a pep talk, says, I think my favorite joke no. in the episode, and he goes... This is a pep be- talk. He is belittling them. <laughs> you know, in sports, it's a pep talk. Um, he's just... <laughs> <laughs> he's belittling them he says you should be ashamed to call yourselves red robins and uh one says we have been for months <laughs> good travis bit. pat riley marmon yeah he got results okay <laughs> so <laughs> uh which one there <laughs> both uh more so pat riley but anyway so then they try some very underhanded tactics to sell more candy uh, i love this brilliant. scene this scene's this scene's great. The There's dog per- that has to go back to the pound. <laughs> yeah, they don't know whose dog it is. The thing with the Chinese finger traps, I'm unclear <laughs> on. They, what they, listen, they're like, listen, well, you either buy the candy or they're going to trap you in a Chinese finger <laughs> trap. That's right. <laughs> or they, they knew how to, to get out of Scantron. them. Yes. Um, <laughs> the best is, of course, them just singing the song outside the English neighbor's house. Oh, as they keep increasing in numbers, <laughs> yes. like fucking Dawn of the Dead, and he eventually <laughs> waves a white flag. Uh, but it's also just he's like I don't eat candy. Thing he does weirdly. I didn't even know he was supposed to <laughs> surrender. Be British, but it, oh. well, not surrendering, but no, specifically no, I... the hanky 
Just yes. very like Austin Powers. Like, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> I'll buy the chocolate. All right, okay. Yeah. And so eventually they sell they sell out. Uh and then it backfires because Clark Stanlin <laughs> you know, got stuck in Chinese finger trap and George loses the award and like that is the whole episode plot wise. Like what am I missing? So the end of the episode is just everybody loses. Yeah, well, I mean, which they is get a great sh- way to end your show. They get shamed. It's just like, yeah, you know, you guys proud of yourself. <laughs> oh, also, can we talk about the reward that the girls were going to get was a trip to Rochester? Anything to get out of fucking New York City, man. <laughs> Who doesn't want to go to Rochester, the home of garbage plates, and I believe the Eastman Kodak Company? End of list. You know, there's a pretty fervent hardcore scene there. Um, oh, the Rochester Institute <laughs> of Technology as well. Yeah, RIT's there. Uh, that's the Jeffersons. Yeah, I was like, did I, was, did I miss anything? Like, was there stuff you guys want to talk about that episode other than, like, pretty funny? This pretty is funny. why I don't normally pick sitcoms, because I'm yeah, like, right. most we can do is be like, also, that I joke's really, good. I didn't realize that this one you know, was going to be one that was canceled abruptly. I assume this is going to be a full, like, pat on the back, congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Like, or, like, start know. another spinoff of some kind. Right. Or, yeah, or, but or, I, or no, I thought this work. is going to be, like, we are going to milk this lap as everyone is just like, for the last time, you know. We're going to be getting ad- bumper ads like we did when we watched Party 5. Behind the scenes on the final Jeffersons. <laughs> An American icon comes to a close. Tonight, we opened up our homes to them. But now, they have to leave us for the last yeah. time. Well, no, instead it's just like, shit, these, we, we made these girls into, into scammers. And what's great is knowing they might have stopped, but they learned lessons that they are going to use. One of those girls maybe caused the housing crisis. Who could say? <laughs> Who could say? Oh, we didn't do, we didn't do. Would you, would you, guys, uh, would you guys watch more of the Jeffersons? Actively, no. Could I have accident? Could I have easily found myself looking up and being like, "Shit, wait! I forgot to hit. Yeah, I forgot to stop. Yeah, I exactly. forgot this is only twenty minutes. It's a, it's, it's. Uh, I guess less so in the first episode, but in the certainly in the finale, like a very smooth, agreeable experience. As a, it as was a the fast. It's not not just that it was a sitcom. It was the fastest any of these episodes have gone by because there was the yeah. part where the credits came up at the end and I was like, whoa, wait, I was like, what? Oh, wow, yeah, that was like <laughs> um, a big And the finale. Yeah. I, I think also because it only had A plots in both episodes, that made a big difference. Like, I wasn't yeah. keeping I kept, track of anything else. I kept waiting for it to jump back and then it didn't. If yeah. I was uh, watching this in 1977, I would be like, I am definitely sticking with this show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, the modern way I watch TV, I'm like, no. I'm 75, thank you very much. Um, but, yeah, oh, yeah, 75 to 85. You're right. But also, yeah, uh, I'd be like, what the fuck else am I doing? It's 1975. The internet doesn't exist. There's three channels. Well, okay. The internet does exist, but not in any real capacity. Yeah, the ARPANET. Uh, right. <laughs> I said that to really head off, like, one person sending me a message. Um, <laughs> me? But, yeah. But, like, this show <laughs> is definitely right good. I'm glad I learned something about it. Yeah, I'm glad I got some sense of its cultural importance as well as what just like an average episode looks like. Like I do think the, that's good that we kind of got both sides of I it. I will say that it was though some of the most like oh right, eleven years have gone by because it was like this is the same show. They look very different. Yeah, the hairline has gone <laughs> further and further back. 
he should have LeBroned it and either gotten into humongous headbands or plugs. It's the thing that proves he's mortal. The fact that there's no cure for balding because Bezos and LeBron look like that. Yeah, I don't know. Pretty good. Pretty good. What do we have next week? My name is Ian Benson, and we're going to talk about Jackass. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Incredible. Oh. All I want to do is talk about Jackass. That's all I want to do. I was at the coffee shop. Do we need 30 seconds to say what Jackass is? Yeah. Is <laughs> we even... all know? Does anyone right, not I, know? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm going to, as well as I can, figure out how to play the Jackass theme on the guitar. <laughs> Hell yeah. Without ever no, having I was, tried uh, to play it before. The Jackass theme, you mean Corona, yes, by, Corona the by the Minute Man. The Jackass theme. I jackass was talking theme, with a friend. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking with a friend at a coffee shop the other day, and she was like, have you seen Jackass Forever yet? And I was like, no, I know I need to. And she's like, oh, my God. Just the amount of male nudity. Shocking. Delightful. Wonderful. <laughs> And I was like, how hot is Johnny Knoxville? And she was just like, thank you. Like a fine wine. He looks amazing. <laughs> even though he gets like, even though his penis is in complete bowl. disrepair also. Oh, yeah. Holy <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Thanks as always. To our producer, Matt Ciani, for his wonderful work. You can find us online at As You Know Pod. You can rate, review, and subscribe wherever you'd like. Steven, I know you didn't watch it, but can you bring us home? Shit, we didn't talk about the theme song once. It's good. Thanks to D Boone and Mike Watt also. <laughs> <laughs>